Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Conversations. I'm super excited to jump into this topic today. We're going to be talking about how to properly evangelize. How do we share Jesus with our friends, with our neighbors, with our coworkers? Really jumping into this topic and trying to figure out how do we do this effectively? How do we partner with the Holy Spirit to help people understand the person of Jesus? Because he's not really just a principle. He's not this being up in the sky. He's a real person. And it's our responsibility to introduce others to him. So today we're going to be talking just through a couple of thoughts that I honestly, I've been brainstorming about trying to figure out, man, wh- wh- how, how have I shared Jesus with my friends, with my family the past really almost 10 years I've been saved. So I'm super excited to jump into this topic. If you haven't, make sure to like and subscribe. If you are watching this via YouTube, if you're listening to this on audio, thank you so much for listening to this. Seriously, it's been so much fun growing this. There's really thousands of you listening to this. So I don't take that lightly. I don't take that as just like another thing. Really, I think of it as a responsibility and and an honor and a privilege to share this. Just some insights with you. Again, this is conversations. We have guests on here talking through whatever they're having going on in their world via what they're doing on their book or their movie that's coming out, whatever it is. I, I love having conversations with people, and I think that it's really needed. And one of the points in here that we'll talk about is really, we just need more conversations. I feel like there's not a lot of conversations happening right now. I feel like there's a lot of people sharing and not having a dialogue, not helping people understand their point of view, not creating opportunities for other people to share their insights so they can understand. And that's what this platform is. This platform right here is for people to have a conversation, have a dialogue, to be able to share their perspective, their journey. And for all of us to get a little bit better. So with that, I I just want to jump in. I think really evangelism, in my opinion, has only been categorized in the church to what we think of as the fivefold ministry of evangelists. And really that is two way different things. An evangelist is somebody who travels, who who preaches to thousands or preaches to one on the street or really has that heart for for the nations to be saved. And but the but evangelism is really a duty of any Christian. If you are a Christian listening to this, and if you're not, I, I hope that we, we can be friends and we can learn from each other and you can learn a lot from this. But but the reality is, is evangelism is a duty if you believe in Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, it is your responsibility to not just preach Jesus, but live Jesus, live the story of Jesus through your daily walk with him and and growing. In your in your walk with him, in your in your discipleship journey, really, it is to make sure we look and sound more like Jesus each day. There's a lot of dogma. There's a lot of rituals and tradition that really isn't in Scripture. But the person of Jesus was real. Two thousand years ago, died, resurrected, and was the true one Messiah. And in this journey of over the two thousand years, there's been hundreds of millions of people who had given their lives to him as a sacrifice to share his story, to share how good he was the miracles that he did. And, and we can learn a lot of how to evangelize by the way Jesus did it, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in really the first book or two of Acts, shares how Jesus walked on this earth. Like the Kanye West song, Jesus Walked. Jesus walked on this planet, interacted with humans who weren't Jewish, who didn't believe in the same God as he was, but also his disciples followed. And he was he was God in flesh. He was the God. He was the he was the the guy on earth who was fully God, fully man, right? And 
I hope that the next 30 minutes or so isn't uh, a theology lesson for us uh, scholars. This is more practical for anyone who follows Jesus, because like I said, this is evangelism is not just for pastors. It's not just for people who work in a church. It's not just for people who've been saved for a specific amount of time or can quote scripture left and right or go on the Romans road. All that stuff is super great. And I think it's it's important and imperative for the body of Christ to be educated and to learn. And I believe you listening to this can share Jesus with your neighbor. I, can, I believe Jesus has placed you in your specific workplace for a reason to not just share about Jesus, but again, to walk and live like Jesus. So to share a quick statistic here, 47% of millennials and Gen Z agree it's wrong to share your faith with others or to express your beliefs to one another. What do we hear the first day of any job? Don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. Those are the things we just, we don't talk about. Teachers in class, you say, hey, everything, we can talk about anything, but the two things we don't talk about, is politics and religion. And I understand that if you're listening to this, you could, you understand that the mindset or the fear that comes that is involved with sharing your faith, your personal relationship with Jesus with others. And I understand the important mission that God has placed on each one of us to genuinely do so. If you believe in Jesus, you did not subscribe to comfort. You did not subscribe to just a mundane journey of hoping people follow Jesus. We are sent on a mission, and just like any other soldier in the military was sent, not just to go wander and do random tasks and duties, but there's a specific mission and a specific call on each one of us to go share and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So with all that being said, you you go, great, Josh, that sounds cool. I'm not a pastor, but I, I understand I need to share Jesus. How do I do so? Here's some here's some tips or recommendations, things that I want to submit to you as a friend on how to best share Jesus with your neighbor, with your peers, with people in your school, maybe they're on your team. These these are the things that I believe are principles that we can walk out this mission that all of us have is to go into the world and make disciples. How do we make disciples? Well, we got to have people who know Jesus, right? Therefore, number 1, we need more conversations and less confrontations. Again, this is Conversations Podcast, so I mentioned that this would be a point in, in this conversation. So we need more conversations and less confrontations. I don't believe that somebody can just understand what we're saying or preaching without having a conversation with them. That's, that's why you would see a major dip in conversions via just when somebody raised their hand in service or a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I think it's almost like 90% of the people who have a one-on-one -on -one conversion or conversation with somebody and then they believe in Jesus stays in the church. The people who raise their hand, I think it's literally over 70% within two or three weeks fall away from their faith because it was not, it was built off of an experience or, oh my gosh. And again, I'm all for, I've, I've done salvation calls on a stage and and called people to Jesus. I believe absolutely we should do that every single time we do a service, every time we do anything to do with church. That is the only goal. Therefore, we should do that. And what I'm saying is we need to have more conversations, less confrontations, because people don't interpret it as absolute truth if they don't believe in Jesus. I feel like that's pretty common knowledge, and we still miss that step of saying, I, I believe the Bible is absolute truth. I absolutely believe that. I believe it is written through the Holy Spirit, through other people, broken people, hurting people, lost people, and God still used them. Therefore, he's going to use us. 
But that, just because if somebody doesn't believe in Jesus, though, they're not going to think that. They're not interpreting, oh, duh, yeah, Holy Spirit spoke to Moses in whatever. It, they're going, no, you guys are weird. That's not true. That's not the reality. Why would I listen to you? Why would I listen to that book? Why? It's not truth to me. So if it's not truth to them, when we're screaming at them that it is, they're not listening. That's like the worst parenting style of all time. And we think that we can do that to people who don't believe in Jesus. When people don't believe in Jesus, they don't believe it's truth. It's our responsibility to have conversations with people, not to convert them, but to understand them. And if we do this, if we actually take our time to sit down with people and to have conversations, to open up dialogues with people, to get to know their story and their journey, but just as much have, make sure you have the right to share your story because Nobody can deny your story. And there's a whole nother piece of this about your testimony. But the reality is what I'm saying is we need to have more conversations, less confrontations, less screaming at people, less direct Facebook posts to people trying to convert them when really that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to open up their ears and their eyes to see the person of Jesus. And he absolutely will reveal himself to them through his Holy Spirit. So that kind of same lane, if you aren't willing to be their friend and bring them into your world, don't even bother. If you're not willing to be their friend, if you're not willing to bring them into your world, say, hey, why don't we just be friends? Why don't we just stop making this weird? And let's just be friends. Why don't you just come, come into my world? Like the, the reality of this is the people who will go on a journey with you and see your lifestyle, that carries way more weight than just a message, a 30-minute story versus a 24-7 life that you live. And again, I'm not saying, hey, have a move into you. But that, that's the story of me. I had somebody, one of my closest friends from middle school and high school live with me. He was an atheist and I was a pastor. He literally was an atheist. On one side of our apartment, he had like tarot card books. He had a bunch of stuff. And I had my Bibles. I had my cross. I had all that stuff. But we lived together and it wasn't weird. And I'm not, I'm not saying do that if you can't handle that. I, I was way farther along my faith journey than like just a new Christian or something. But I never pressured him. I never did anything. But what I did was I modeled my life in a way that he saw something different about me than the middle school Josh or the high school Josh. And then he would go back home and see some friends of ours from high school and they would talk about me in a negative tone because they haven't talked to me in years. And he would defend me and go, dude, you got you to understand Josh is different now. I live with him. If anybody would know him, it would be me and he would defend me. How cool is that? And long story short, he gave his life to Jesus in a service. And really what happened was it took a year for him just to open up his heart, open up his mind to think about like, man, is there an absolute truth? Is there a God? Is there, is this Jesus guy that we keep hearing all the time? Is he the real guy? And when we, when we do this, when we bring people in our lives, they see our integrity, which is the next point that I'll say in a minute, but they see this and they go, man, I, I want that. I want the peace they have when they get fired from their job. I want their relationships they have that every time they leave church, they love it and they have so much fun. So going into this next point, the weight is in your integrity, in your life message. We, we think as Christians, we think the weight is in the, the communication of something or the way we perceive, how have people perceive our communication skills on a stage or on a social media post and all that stuff is important. We should care about that, but the weight, the density of really this conversation we're having of about evangelism has to do with your integrity. 
that's that's not a fun thing to talk about, right? But it's imperative because there are people on this journey, there are Christians who don't have integrity. And when you're preaching Jesus, but then the same friends that go to church with you, you're partying with, they're not they're looking at you and going, Well, why why would I want to follow this Jesus? You're not any different than I am. What I'm saying is we need to be the same person privately as publicly. And us and our opportunity to close that gap of who we are privately and publicly for our friends who don't know Jesus and our neighbors and our coworkers, and you get it, people who don't know Jesus yet, see the consistency and they understand, man, this guy really isn't perfect, but has something figured out that I don't yet. And that's going to open up opportunities for them to ask you questions. So it's your life message. It's who you are. It's your story. Again, it's not perfection, but it's progression. We've heard that a thousand times, but it's true. Your integrity in your life message carries way more weight than your giftings. And God has placed your giftings in your life for a reason. And really for people to, to don't know Jesus, to get to know him through your giftings, I think, yes, yes. And your integrity is way more important and a priority, not only of your discipleship journey of getting to be closer and looking more like Jesus in your sanctification journey, but also the people who don't know Jesus are watching. Good and bad, right? The, there's people who are watching you, waiting for you to fail, and those are not your friends, and those are not the people that you want to surround yourself with. But there are people who are just genuinely in proximity to you and want to see you win, but also want, you, want to see you be consistent. Because if you've been in the church, then most people have been in a service if they live in America. If they've been in a church service, they've seen somebody not live out the message of Jesus. They have a family member who's not living it out. And the worst thing we could do is be the, the perception they have of saying, yep, it's just the same old, same old. They're not being consistent. They're not living the same message privately as they are publicly. And we can't be those people. So live your life with integrity. Think about that right now. Say, man, what do I need to close or what do I need to remove from my life so my friends will actually take me serious when I call myself a believer in Jesus. I profess my faith in front of people who don't necessarily believe it. Going to this next point that I think will help you, I want to submit to you anyways, is people are projects. You really cannot formulize humanity. When we try to formulize humanity, what we do is we build people into systems. And if you have been around more than two people in your life, with your mom and your dad or whoever, you understand that you cannot put people in systems. There is no such thing as a three-step process to get somebody saved. Maybe your youth pastor, maybe your friend has tried to get you to believe this, that, man, if you just get them to this and this and this, but promise you will get them saved. The reality is people are not projects. If you think about a typical project manager, what are they doing? They're managing specific assignments that individual people are doing to get a specific thing done. An achievement, done. It's crossed, it's done. We, we conquered that and we achieved that. The problem is you're dealing with humanity, the broken, the hurting, the lost, the sinful, the hateful, whatever people on this planet. And you tell me that you can figure out how to systematize salvation. It doesn't work. You cannot systematize salvation because you cannot systematize humans because humans are imperfect we're very, very selfish, very prideful, and we can't, we can't just figure people out as much as we th think about the woman at the well, right? There's a pretty clear, I would say, system that Jesus conquered. 
he achieved with the woman at the well. He met her where she was at. He had a conversation with her. He challenged her. She noticed his miraculous power to know and interpret how many husbands he she had, right? And she goes, oh, that guy's it. Next step, right? She's sharing Jesus in her town. But then he go to Zacchaeus. He's going, I'm going to your house. We're going to hang out. We're going to. And there's people who don't know Jesus in this house, in this environment. And what we see is each person Jesus interacts with, really, it's a different, it's a different style is what I would say. It, it's a different way of revealing himself to them, that he is a Messiah. Most of the time, it's around conversations. It's around the supernatural. It's around him healing or him showing something or a, 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 a specific lane that they're in. He's, he's meeting him where he's at, and they're going on a journey. And you got to think about his disciples, right? They weren't scholars. They were fishermen. They were randoms that most people would see. And he's picking these people because he understands we're going to go on a journey for three years together. These guys are genuinely going to walk with me. They're going to hear me pray in the mornings. They're going to see me in front of thousands proclaiming my my story, which is, I'm not saying mine, I'm, I'm saying Jesus himself, but the people are seeing him and he really doesn't formalize any of it. There's no, you don't see in Ephesians a two-step process to get somebody saved. You don't see it in Romans. You don't even see it anywhere in the New Testament when thousands and thousands and thousands of people got saved within the the upper room. There's no, Peter was like, anybody going to talk? Okay, I guess I'll do it. And he shares and thousands get saved. But there's no, there's no formula to this. And I would venture to say to you, stop trying to put a formula in a way that God just wants you to interact with people. He wants you to love people. He wants you to bring them in your world. And that's the next point here. Jesus didn't hang out with sinners. Sinners hung out with Jesus. It's a Tim Ross quote that I think is absolutely superb. We, we hear this all the time from, from people, honestly. Not most of the time, but sometimes the people who don't carry integrity, they go, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. I have to as well. Yes, I understand that. Yes, and you, you got to see the people that follow Jesus who didn't necessarily believe in him yet. He wasn't saying, I'm, I'm following you. I'm coming after you. What he did, people saw his life and people saw the miracles and him preaching in his lifestyle that they go, I want to follow that guy. I don't know what it is about him, but I want whatever it is. And most people observed him and converted into a, being a believer of him. But we, we got to stop this, like, I got to go to the bars to share Jesus. I got I to gotta go to the places that nobody else will. Who's saying nobody else will? Christian, like, we always just say things because we think they're cool. But the reality is, is the people in your proximity, you don't have to go to the ends of the earth, I'll say that, for somebody to not know Jesus. I would almost guarantee you if you are in a vocation, a job, there's somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And I'm not saying don't get a drink with them or don't go get coffee with them. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we don't need to lower our standard or lower our morals for us to share Jesus with people. That That's actually not good. I would I would just venture to say that. If I was your friend and we're sitting at coffee, I would recommend you to not do that. Don't lower your morals to share Jesus with people. He didn't do it, and neither did his disciples. I'll just say that. But you really do need to create avenues and, and ways for you to have conversations with people about the story of Jesus, about who he is. And, and there, there is a side of boldness and confidence in this that we really need to be praying and asking God for to say, God, give me the boldness to share 
Jesus with my coworker who's going through a divorce and needs hope. Because most of the time, again, we are sent into those environments to be the solution to it, not just to hammer the, the Jesus message over their head, but to share your story, your journey, and what God has done in your life. So Jesus didn't hang out with sinners. Sinners hung out with Jesus, okay? And as a believer in Jesus, yes, you should have friends who don't know Jesus, but that doesn't mean you need to lower your standard to be involved in their world. What you need to do is live a life where they go, I want to follow you. I want to be your friend. And I'll say this, we got two more thoughts and then we'll wrap up with just some simple practical recommendations for you. But truth is most effective when it's found, not imposed. I posted this on Facebook a couple days ago and a lot of people interact with, but, but it's the truth, right? It's truth needs to be found. It needs to be discovered. And people will, people, I think it's over 91% of America right now is actually open to having a conversation and going to church if somebody invited them. That's non-believers, by the way. So most of the time, it simply goes down to just an invitation and you going to a church that shares Jesus because there are churches who don't share Jesus. And I understand that. Probably need to find a church that shares Jesus. Moving on. Jesus didn't hang out with sinners, right? Sinners hang out with Jesus. Okay. Why? Because truth is most effective when it's found, not imposed. We're not going to be imposing truth on people. We're not the truth shamers. We're not the people to picket fences. And again, if you, if God, you know, you know, you know, you know, God is telling you to do so, do it. That's fine. My, my, I would venture to say that he's probably not though. Maybe he's saying to you, you need to share, you need to share about me to my, fr your friends. Our, our default shouldn't go great. I'm going to go get a speaker and go to a side street corner and scream your name and tell people they're going to go to hell. And again, I'm not saying that's a horrible idea. If you feel called to do that, do it. I'm not going to be the obedience measurement guy on podcasts or YouTube. What I'm going to submit to you is most people are searching right now for something. You see that in the new age movement. You see that in the, in, in really all of that movement, the people are trying to find something and they're, and they're, and they're searching. The, the problem is they are finding it. And what they're doing is they're finding comfort in other people also dealing with their own problems. And the Christians are not going, Hey, do you want to get coffee? I'd love to hear your story. What we're doing is saying, hey, you're demonic. You need to get that out. And they're going, okay, that might be true, but you're coming at me way too harsh and rude. And last time I checked, rudeness is not a fruit of the spirit. I'm just going to say that. So people need to find truth, not their truth, the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. So if Jesus is the way, it's his, he's the truth, aka all these questions that people are going to come at you with, really, it doesn't matter. And again, they do matter in along the discipleship journey. But if they don't understand the person of Jesus yet, there's really no point of arguing whether the Noah's Ark was a figurative story or a real story. Who cares? Like that stuff matters. It's truth to me. It's important. And it, it, it exemplifies that the promises of God that he did do and will continue to do yes and if somebody doesn't believe in jesus though who cares that's not the point the point is to get them into heaven and then on earth for them to make an impact through their local church through their community through their small group whatever so we need to give people the proper tools and education and honestly promptings of saying hey can i submit this to you maybe tomorrow you should just read john 14 15 or whatever and, and just think about it and ask, ask yourself, in my life, has there been a time where Jesus has revealed himself to it? I've just ran away from it. 
I want to submit that to you. And again, you might get nothing, but I'd love to follow up next week and we, we can just continue to talk about it. that's after getting to know their story, understanding their background, listening to them, affirming their character, going, man, you're, you're incredible. I appreciate your friendship. You're, you're such a good friend. Hope that we can stay friends. Like, don't make it weird. You, you have normal friendships, right? Again, truth is most effective when it's found, not imposed. The last thought here, and then we'll recap. You don't have to be weird. And, I, and, I, and weird, right, is on a spectrum. There's a lot of different versions of weird. But what I'm saying is you don't have to be the creepy Christian for somebody to think that Jesus is real. Again, you don't have to be this extremist. You don't have to be the, and again, I, I'm all in on Jesus too. I love him. He changed my life when I was 15. But that doesn't mean we have to change the way we look, our style, the way we talk. I'm not saying keep cussing. No, you should not do that. What I'm saying is you don't have to be the weird guy. And what I've seen anyways, I'm just, again, I'm just submitting some thoughts to you on this podcast. What we do is we almost idolize the Christian space, the Christian market or niche. And then we actually build this ecosystem of other Christians who think like us, sound like us. And what we do is we remove ourselves completely from our friend group, from our environment, from our workplace, because we all think that we're supposed to work in a church. In the church is a poor job of actually educating this, of how to share Jesus with your friend. It really, if you're a pastor, you work full-time in a church, you're not really working with a lot of people or seeing a lot of people who don't know Jesus. So we do need you in the, in the schools. We do need, do need you in the hospitals, in the, eco, in the business sphere. We need you at the car wash. We need you at the gas station, the coffee shop. Because if nobody else will, What's going to happen is it's everybody living their life and then the Christians just are in their own space and world. And what I would submit to you is that sounds more like a cult than it does an ecosystem of people growing together and getting to know Jesus. Because again, you can't share Jesus and, and share an incredible experience with somebody giving their life to Jesus if you only hang out with Christians, if your small group only has Christians, if your church only has Christians. We, we got to do a better job at creating environments where people feel comfortable. And this goes back to hospitality, right? Are you, are you a person who carries out the, the principle and truth of hospitality that the New Testament preaches? The New Testament church didn't happen through, we always say this, and I think it's actually a cop-out, but the, the building system, like get them in our, get them in our, our church. We got burgers and hot dogs and some bouncy houses that's going to get more people in our church and more people saved. I would submit to you those weekends might have an increase of attendance, maybe even an increase of salvations. But two weeks later, if your attendance doesn't actually stay consistent on that one big event system, it didn't work. It was, it was a waste of dollars, a waste of tithe money from your church. What I would submit to you is maybe spend a weekend every two months with a core leadership team and teach them how to teach others how to share Jesus in their, in their systems, whether that be their workplace, whether that be their small group or their coffee shop group, whatever it is, we got to not be the weirdos. We got to not be the siloed Christians who don't talk to people, who don't know how to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't know Jesus, because I've seen this happen in real time where a Christian is on a call with somebody who doesn't know Jesus and you see them just completely shut down because they don't know how to interact with other people who don't know Jesus, because their whole 
past couple of years has been about a worship experience and the, the emotional ride of that versus the emotional high of other people giving their life to Jesus and seeing the salvation experience happen through the life change of the Holy Spirit. In whatever context it is, again, I'm all for services. I'm all for whatever you got to do to get people to heaven. Let's do it. Let's crush it. But again, you don't have to be weird, but you also don't need to lower your standard integrity. So to run through these again, I hope this helps you again. You're doing such a great job sharing Jesus. I just want to submit some thoughts to you as a person who's been saved for almost 10 years and been in ministry full time and all that stuff. So 40% of millennials and Gen Z agree it's wrong to share your faith with others. This statistic's got to change. We got to understand that it is not a bad thing to bring a solution to a problem. So if somebody has anxiety, it's not bad to pray over them for anxiety to believe and for Jesus to bring peace. That's not bad. That's absolutely what we're supposed to be doing. We need more conversations, less confrontations. Hey, let's be the best listeners in our street block. Let's be the best listeners at our workplace. Again, learn how to have conversations with people, to ask them questions, to not throw things at them for them to understand none of it. So if you aren't willing to be their friend to bring them into your world, don't even bother. The weight is in your integrity and your life message. People are not projects. There is no three-step process to getting somebody saved. Again, you're going on a journey with people. Jesus didn't hang out with sinners. Sinners hung out with Jesus. Why? Truth is most effective when it's found, not imposed, and you don't have to be weird. I promise you, if you live your life of integrity, of joy, of purpose, on, call, on a calling mission from Jesus in your workplace, in your environment, in your local church, I promise you people will get to know Jesus through your lifestyle, through your through your message, your life story, again, revelation, the, the blood of the lamb, word of the testimony. So what Jesus did on the cross, resurrected him, got him to heaven. But I promise you, your message, your story of your salvation experience will get people to tune their ears into you much more than a Bible verse if they don't believe in the Bible. You've heard this a thousand times, but most of the time, you are the only Bible somebody will ever read. They don't believe in Jesus. They're not going to read the Bible. So don't start there. Start with your story. Go from there. And again, once they understand the person of Jesus, how much he loves them, how much he sacrificed for them, for their the one person, then we can actually start having conversations, the discipleship journey of getting them to look more and sound more like Jesus. So I hope this helped you. I appreciate you guys a ton. We'll see you next week.